Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Another episode of Setting the Pace. I am your boy, Mike Fauci, joined by the golden one himself, Alex Golden. What's going on, Alex? Oh, Fauci, it's good to be back talking Pacers basketball with you once again. And I think fans are going to like our episode today. I think they are because the holidays are right around the corner. It is officially the time of the year to make a wish list, send it to your family, send it to your friends, whoever might get you the gift that you want, or just hope for the best. And I think today we're going to do that with our Indiana Pacers, make a little Christmas Christmas list for the season and, uh, you know, just kind of hope for what we want best and see if we get it this year. Yeah, I know. It's going to be exciting. And I have to ask you real quick, Fachi, what is the one uh, thing on your list that you are dying uh, to get this year for Christmas? It's really tough because you're talking to a man who uh, – was lucky enough to have his birthday last month. So I did get a few gifts over there. Uh, I'm actually kind of hoping for, I guess, uh, maybe I'll have to make sure Babe listens to this one if she didn't get the gift. But uh, this uh, this <laughs> fitness watch, it tracks everything, even your sleep. So you're just on top of, like, absolutely everything that you, you can't even get from just kind of working out. It really goes into your, you know, I guess, like, your sleep patterns and, and all the above. I've heard great reviews. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, any kind of techno technological thing is, is always exciting. I mean, this year for me, like I made a list. I don't even remember what I put on my list. I I don't have anything in particular that I really want that I think is like a like a gift that I could get because it's too expensive. You know what I mean? Like I would love a new acoustic guitar, but like eh, that's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> and with uh, COVID, it's just not been easy to uh, to save up money and do all that kind of stuff. So honestly, for me, Fudge, I know you didn't ask, but I, I, I could use some new work shoes, so I know my wife's not listening, but if she happens to, uh, <laughs> or my mom, uh, <laughs> that's that's what I need. I need some new work shoes, but we've got ourselves some work today with this Pacers Christmas list, so do you want to start things off, or do you want me to? Yeah, so um, to start off the Christmas wish list, I mean, there are a lot of things that uh, I would love to have happen, but for the first thing on my wish list, let this team remain healthy for the first time in a few years for a real run. If this team can stay healthy, then all of a sudden we didn't have to do too much this off season. We did exactly what we needed to do by bringing the same core back and giving it a real go. Alex, if this team could stay healthy, they, they could be real promising, but it, maybe, maybe they aren't. But at the same point, I want to find out that's number one on my list. Yeah, I had that on my list as well, Fachi. I said a safe and healthy season with COVID-19. Like, it's going to be wacky. We've seen how it's been wacky in other sports. And 
all that stuff. I just want these guys to remain safe, remain healthy. And, and for the Pacers' sake, like you said, I just want to see these guys healthy for one go-around. Like last year, there were so many nagging injuries, you know, and then it, and then it comes back to the bubble where Sabonis has the plantar fascia. Brogdon had like 11 injuries last year. Turner had an injury. I think it was an ankle sprain. Lamb, obviously, you know, coming back from an injury. Oladipo coming back from an injury. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, I just want to see this team healthy and just get a fair shot at what they can be. You know, we talked about it last episode. I, I think the biggest strength that we have compared to other teams is chemistry. But it, we're not going to be able to have that team chemistry if the team can't stay healthy enough together. So it goes hand in hand. So just really hopeful the Pacers can have a healthy run at it. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be uh, number one on your wish list? Yeah, so I got, I've got about five, six different things here. So I'll, I'll just throw this one out there. It's not in any particular order, but Goga earning a consistent backup role. What that means to me is, one, Goga is improving, and Goga is thriving in, in this role and getting a consistent, you know, getting a consistent role where he can actually develop as a player. Because if he's able to hold that role down, that means he is developing. I think that there's a lot of things to like about Goga. And if he can keep, you know, getting those reps that he needs to become a better shot blocker, a good three-point shooter. I mean, I, I, I'll say this. One thing I love about Goga is his competitiveness. You'd see it in games. He'd get kind of frustrated with a player and kind of act out of anger and foul somebody. I kind of like that shippiness to him. He doesn't back down from a challenge. And last year, obviously, we talked about it. There's some, there's some things he really needs to work on. Wasn't able to crack the rotation because the mandate from McMillan was to win or you're fired. So I understand why he was hesitant to give him that role. But with Bjorkren, a guy that really wants to develop young players, a guy that's known for being in the G League, I think this is a great opportunity for Gogo. We've talked about it. But I just want to see him earn that consistent backup role in the center position. I want to see that really bad. That was on my list because Gogo was someone that you waited and you waited and then, unfortunately, you kept waiting for it. And it just never happened last year. And it just always felt like there was something. I know Goga at one point, you know, he had a concussion last year. He was in and out of the line. It just felt like there was one little thing after little thing. Uh, remember, he, he was late with his visa to start, you know, the preseason last year. That was rough. Uh, it just ne- – his season never really got off to the start that you wanted it to. And Goga moving forward, I mean, that could be – could be like a missing link if the Pacers are ever going to, you know, break up the Sabonis Turner pairing. A big part of that would only happen if they feel Goga is ready to take that step. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about a guy who I believe was a former EuroLeague MVP, which the one before that was um, Luka Doncic. And I remember that it's like, hey, look, if you're going to compare anyone to Luka in any aspect, that's a good thing. And I got excited about Goga from the start because I didn't know that much about him. So it was just like, hey, clearly the Pacers did their homework here. Let's see what we got. And unfortunately, we didn't get to see what the Pacers had in mind. So I do uh, hope that this is a a bit of a Goga revenge season, and I'm all for it. Oh, I agree, Fach. What's next on your list? Next on my list is to not have any of the Victor Oladipo trade or future free agent status, rumors, whatever you want to call them, plague this team or make any of the games about him compared to the team. It's very easy for a, a cloud to kind of follow a team and bring them down. And I, I really, all the reports that I'm hearing at a training camp is that this Pacers team is having fun. They're enjoying themselves. Like it, it seems like there's a lot of joy going on and I want to be able to continue that through the regular season because 
Whether we like it or not, his status uh, entering free agency is going to be a hot topic. But if the Pacers can can move on, if Vic can kind of diffuse some of those rumors or talk from the start, I think it's going to go a long way to enabling this team to focus on basketball and winning. Oh, yeah. The Vic stuff is one thing that I've been worried about. I think everybody's kind of worried about it. Just in the back of your mind, everything this offseason, everything going up to the bubble, it's just been Vic drama, Vic drama, Vic drama. I hope it's just non-existent. It, it seems from what Bjorkren said today after the uh, the training camp practice, he said that Oladipo is excited and everything he's asking to do, he's doing it well. And he's doing it with a lot of energy. So hopefully we get to see a rejuvenated Victor Oladipo and just a guy that can get that smile back like you talked about, you know. So that's that's what I want to see. And I'm really excited to see it because I just, I don't know why, but I just feel like seeing everything going on from the Pacers Twitter account from training camp, like if I'm not even a basketball player anymore because I'm so out of shape, but I kind of want to go put some shorts on and go and go out there and be a part of training camp. I mean, that's how excited I am seeing some of the stuff they're doing. Uh, Actually, I got a funny story about that real quick. When you talk about, you know, kind of not really being in basketball shape. So I just met my neighbor who lives across the hall from me and uh, actually turned out he had a cup of coffee with the Washington Wizards G League team. Um, Pretty cool guy. His name's Dominic Phillips, played overseas for about five years. When I met him, he's telling me, you know, he played professionally for about five years. So I went, no way, I played basketball my whole life too. And he laughed and I went, well, (laughs) you know, I – I'm more hustled on defense, just good for a three-pointer every now and then. But I could instantly see the look in his eyes when he meant, no, 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 I, I actually played basketball. So, you, know, <laughs> you got to leave it to the pros. But uh, in, in that instance right there, I'm fired up to throw on. Just let me be a ball boy. I was yeah. never picked when I signed up at finish line. Let me get my glory back, Fudge. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Been known to pop a three from time to time, so let me have that three. But, uh, you know, I'm fired up to you with basketball right around the corner. Who isn't? But moving on to the next on your uh, list, uh, Alex, what's, uh, what are you looking for these holidays with these Indiana Pacers? I want a repeat all-star season from Domas Sabonis. And you know why? Because Nate Duncan last year came out and said that, you know, Sabonis is the worst all-star that he's seen in a long time. And, and I would love, more than anything, for the Pacers, one, to get some respect, and two, for Sabonis to get some respect because I think you saw how important he was to the Pacers with him not being there in that playoff series. And it's it's one thing to sit there and be like, look, I get it. Domas is not the flashiest guy, but he does a lot of really good things. Great passer, 18, 13, and 5. We've talked about those stat lines for the past year and a half, it feels like. But he's he's just a phenomenal basketball player. And I would just like to see him get a repeat all-star season, which means the Pacers would be playing well before the all-star break. A repeat season, you know, all-star season from Domas would really, I feel like, show the rest of the league that this guy's for real. Because we know that. Mm-hmm. We saw that Domas has improved in essentially every single statistical category outside of three-point shooting. But I'm looking forward to seeing that. Alex, don't know if you saw that hype video. I saw Domas taking a three, and I loved it. (laughs) All right. It was just one second of a video, basically, but it got me hyped. But do you remember when they tried to label him as the the worst all-star ever or the worst all-star? Whatever it was, it was like an embarrassing comment. That happened last year. Yeah, it was Nate Duncan on uh, from Nate oh Dunk, from Dunked God. On and uh, the Duncan and Hollinger NBA show. He said, as bad as some of the West selections were, 
Sabonis is the worst actual player selected to the All-Star game in a long time. And our friend Chris Denary from Fox Sports Indiana goes, with takes like this, when your podcast pops up on my timeline, it's an easy pass. Think coaches know who is deserving and who is not. They know winning matters. He goes, everyone can have opinions. Believe yours uh, way, believe yours is way off base. Guess you got clicks you were looking for. Okay, that's Chris Denaire. Chris, don't do that ever. Chris is very positive. You go and look at his replies. He's probably one of the most positive people on Twitter. For Chris Denaire to get that irked by Nate Duncan, I, I just want to see him get it. I just want to see him get it. That What I did like, though, Pacer Nation bonded together. They came together, and they came at Nate Duncan for that awful take. And I remember he did try and clarify his words a little bit afterwards, but we all remember it from the start. So yeah. I don't want to hear that this time around, Nate. <laughs> Wentz bonus makes the all-star team again. <laughs> all right, Fosh, what you got next, man? So moving down my list, figure out, speaking of Sabonis, figure out if the Sabonis and Turner pairing is one that we stick with or if we need to address. I feel like this is the year you have to find out which direction we're going on. I was crunching some numbers, digging up absolutely everything I could, and you know they ended up when Sabonis and Turner were on the court together, they outscored opponents by 1.9 points per 100 possessions. That's not going to blow anyone away, but then there's, there's different things. Like, for instance, Sabonis shot better with Turner on the floor, which you know I thought was great, and then... You know, there's little things, you know, compared to when Turner was off the floor. But also there's other things like, for instance, when just Sabonis was on the court, the Pacers were outscoring opponents by nearly five points per 100 possessions. Then when you moved Sabonis with, for instance, uh, some of the backups like Doug McDermott, Justin Holiday, TJ McConnell, I mean, they had a net rating of over 10. So, I mean, this was, this was, their offense was really moving. The defense, obviously it took a, a solid hit with, you know, Turner off the court compared to just Sabonis on. But at the same point, you got to be able to figure out what you're going to do with the two of them. We've heard Bjorkren say that he might stagger their minutes a bit. He's also, Bjorkren's also said that he hasn't come up with the starting five yet. So I'm wondering if we see one of those guys either come off the bench, if we see them kind of uh, take turns with the starting unit a little bit. You've talked about how maybe on a game-to-game basis, one guy could come off the bench. Mm-hmm. Don't know what we're going to see yet, but I'm excited. I feel like Bjorkman's someone who's going to be able to figure this out. Well, I don't remember, but I think that Turner is the one that actually said after they uh, that him and uh, Bjorkman met that he talked with him, and basically he said that he started watching a lot of Raptors film and was really studying Serge Ibaka yep. and Chris Boucher. And both those guys were backup bigs. And because, I mean, I know, I know Ibaka started some because Gasol was hurt, but I want to say that Ibaka actually was on the bench more, didn't start as many games as he did he didn't. come off the bench. So uh, to me personally, it's like when, when Miles said that, I think that might have been a little bit of foreshadowing to say, hey, my role might be that fifth, sixth player. And, and sometimes, I forget where I heard this from, but I, forget, I heard somebody talking about it, but it makes a lot of sense to not play your starting five, like your five best offensive players all at the same time because you can only have – you only have one basketball. So if yeah. you can stagger the minutes, like I think, hey, stagger the minutes, let's, let Miles do what Sabonis was doing whenever he comes out, whenever they change it up, whatever you want to do. I mean, I, that does kind of interfere with what Goga's going to be able to do because they're all three centers. But if there's a way for Miles to get himself involved more on the offensive end 
because he's going to lose touches when Sabonis is out there. We saw that last year. I think it's going to be the same thing this year. If they're playing together, he's going to be taking a back seat. But I think that Miles, when we've seen him as that pick-and-pop guy, you know, he's able to put the ball on the floor as well. I think if he's utilized in a different way, well, you could maximize his talent. So I really think that, you know, playing that fifth, sixth man, maybe that seventh man might not be the worst role for him. I'm not saying he's the seventh best player. Like, for crying out loud, like Manu Ginobili came off the bench for the Spurs, and he was probably top two, top three on their team. So it's not necessarily about whether you're a starter or not. I understand people get, like, in their minds, like, oh, he's not a starter, he's not as good. I actually think that playing that role might benefit Miles. I think it will. And it's one of those where not at every point in your career are you able to do that. But I think that, you know, Miles being, you know, you still don't want to call a a veteran someone who's like 23 years old, but it feels that he's been in the league long enough now where I think he could suck it up a little bit if it's going to translate to winning. Yeah. If the Pacers aren't winning, then sure, that's a whole different story there. But I I do think that that might be the best option for this Pacers team moving Mm -hmm. forward. I agree, Fudge. So what would be the next one on your list? All right. So I have two more on my Christmas list. And the next one, I want to finish top 18, not 15, top 18. So this is the top uh, 60% of the league in free throws attempted. So I'm not, I'm not even asking that we drastically make an improvement. I just want to see these guys get to the free throw line a little bit more. You know, I, I feel like last year, I don't even know what we ranked. I should have probably looked that up, but. I got it right over here. Um, okay, what you got so for me? So, in, in terms of free throws uh, attempted per game, we were last. Yeah. In terms of free throws made per game, we were last. <laughs> exactly. So, I want to see that moved up. I want to see us get to the foul line because if you can get to the foul line, Fachi, you don't have to rely on, on you know, hitting contested twos get to the foul line, create contact. We've talked about it. I've talked about it multiple times on the pod, but I want to see them figure out ways to put the defense in a bad position because look, the more free throws you're putting up, that means there's more foul trouble for the opposing team. Usually the Pacers are the ones that are in foul trouble when they're playing their, you know, the past couple of years anyways, they've always been the ones in foul troubles while the other team is constantly into the free throw line. So I would like to see an uptick in free throws attempted. Of course, free throws made would be great, but I just want to get to the foul line. That's the big thing for me. And that was one of the things on my list because getting to the free throw line is beyond important. Look, we want this team to improve as a three-point shooting team, but we don't think they're just all of a sudden going to be lights out from beyond the arc. Uh, They won't. The free throw line situation last year was an embarrassment. I'll always use the game against the Hornets as an example. I believe – They were outshot from the free throw line, like 42 to six. It was over 40 free throws from the Hornets. And I remember it was like Sabonis had like four of the six free throws. I mean, it was ridiculous. So uh, Bjorkens talked about shooting threes and getting in the rim, wanting to do less mid-range jumpers. I absolutely love it. And I think that it's crucial. The Pacers have to get to the free throw line more. They have to be more aggressive. We talked about it at times where – Vic didn't, you know, the confidence might not have been there when he came back. I do think that he'll be a little bit more aggressive in taking it to the hoop. So I'm very excited to see that. So we completely agree on that. That's got to be on the Christmas wish list. And when you talked about being top 18, top, you know, 15, whatever it is, I'm going with the same thing for being a three-point shooting team. Yeah, I knew you were going to do that. It has to come (laughs) up. It it has to. This has to be on your wish list because last year the Pacers – in three-pointers, I mean, oh, my God. Three-pointers attempted. They were last. Yeah. <laughs> 28 threes per game attempted. 
three-pointers made, they were second to last. Only the Knicks were in front of them. You don't want to be in the same sentence as the Knicks ever. Uh, once since the 2000s started, you don't want to be in that category in, in any way at all. In the 90s, sure, you could put the Pacers in the Knicks in a lot of similar categories. But the three-point, oh, my God, it's got to change. And I do mm-hmm. think that it will. I've heard TJ McConnell say that it's going to kind of force him to be uh, shooting from three a little bit more and working on it. I do think we're going to see Sabonis, you know, with a little bit more confidence from three or at least putting him up. I mean, if he's improved in every other category, three-pointers seems like the last thing to come. And I, I expect that he'll at least be a capable three-point shooter. Not saying he's going to be a really good one by any means, but if the Pacers can even be a top 20 team, and three-point shooting, that's a big difference than last year. It's a massive jump, Fotch. Same it with really the free is. throws attempted and made. It's there. There's things that have, you know, there's analytics that point to the Pacers have to do these things better to be more consistent. Like, what's what's really impressive is the Pacers were dead last in free throws and three-pointers attempted, and we're still fourth in the Eastern Conference. So, like, to me, that's, like, pretty telling. Like, wow, that's pretty wild. Like, just imagine if they played a more modern style, like, what could this team really be? And I think that's where a lot of people have been excited to see this team running back, playing a more modern style because of how successful they were playing an old school style. So I think that that will definitely make a difference in how this team, you know, approaches playoff games and stuff like that, because while they might not have that superstar level player on their team, like they might not have the Durant or the Giannis type of player, they have capable guys that are all, in my opinion, you know, like, from like the top 30 to top 80 range of players in the NBA and they're starting five. I think that that's a pretty good and solid team that could, could, could do some damage. And, you know, we saw Vic was on fire from three last year with the pull up three he was shooting from super deep. Brogdon had a career three point shooting year two years ago with Milwaukee. Hopefully we can get him off ball a little bit more. Sabonis, like you said, it hasn't really done that. I mean, when TJ Warren was popping threes in the bubble, he couldn't be stopped, especially with Anthony Davis guard him. I thought that was a great uh, little matchup there between the Lakers and the Pacers when he went off like that and hit that big game winning three. So it's just, it's just, yeah. I mean, the only person, like you said, McConnell, like McConnell, McConnell oh. probably takes 10 seconds to get the three point shot, yeah. you know, set up. So yeah, don't be playing any games like uh, drinking games when you're <laughs> trying to see how many seconds it takes to get no. McConnell because you'll be drunk before the first quarter. It's going to be a short night. It is, but it's it's one of those things where it's like McDermott, you know, ended practice today with that corner three. It's it's cool stuff like that. McDermott's going to get an opportunity to show showcase his skill set, uh, especially Justin Holiday as well. And I'm hoping Aaron Holiday's improved his three. So I know I talked a lot there about all those guys getting involved, but I really think that this Pacers team getting more threes and getting to the free throw line, those are two big components that are going to help them become a more well-rounded team. They really are. I mean, we, we know that we have capable shooters. Last year, the Pacers ranked 14th in three-point percentage. I mean, they have capable shooters that you would imagine guys like Aaron Holiday, you know, should get better from, from three. We talked about Sabonis getting better. Like, you know, this team can make threes, but the way that the lack of threes that they were attempting was just absolutely unacceptable. So I'm very excited for that. Um, was there anything left on your list? Yeah, the only thing left on my list, and it's pretty, like, let's just put it this way. I don't feel like if you give someone the Christmas list, you expect to get every single thing on it, right? No, no, you really don't. Yeah, so on my Christmas list, I had to put it on here, even though I don't think it'll happen, but 
it's not because the Pacers are a bad team. It's just I feel like there's more talent. But I said get out of the first round of the playoffs. I, I would love for this team to, to make it to round two. I mean, I'd, I could have almost put, you know, win a game in the playoffs, but I didn't want to be that disrespectful to yeah. the former coach McMillan. But I, I just said maybe get out of the first round of the playoffs. Like, I have them seated as seven. I've seen a lot of people are kind of like they've got Milwaukee as one, but then like two, three, and four, it's like all up in the air. So, like, let's just say, for example, like Boston or, or Miami, someone like that gets in the two seed. I think Indiana could compete with them. This is going to be a different Pacers team than last year, and I think both those teams are about the same or worse than they were the year before. Same with Toronto. I can't see Toronto getting the two seed. No. I would not want to play Philly just because I feel like they're going to be much better and they could have James Harden by that time. So who knows? Who knows? And I don't want to play Brooklyn because we don't have anybody for Kevin Durant. So that that is my biggest concern with, with those two teams. But if you can get one of those other teams that I have between four, five, and six, so they end up getting up to two, I think they could be really competitive in a first round. And and why not the Pacers? Like, I think if Bjorkman, like, has a great year, he could, become, he could become coach of the year. Very well could. I mean, it's definitely possible. The East is – it's scary, but I don't think that there's – a lot of like juggernauts in the East. There's just a lot of like real solid teams. It, it feels like overall as a conference, it's better this year than it was last year. I mean, we talked about last time how just the, some of the teams at the bottom feel like they'll be better this year. So in a shortened season with only 72 games, I don't think that you can really overlook any anyone at all because, yeah. you know, you're going to need every single win and there's really not many of those teams that you could just guarantee wins over. So uh, winning a playoff series would be awesome, but I do definitely expect this team to be in competitive playoff series. Yeah, that's that's probably the better request if you're really wanting to get everything on your Christmas list. But I was a little greedy. I, I want to see them get out of the first round. I mean, quite frankly, I've said this a couple times now, but if they don't get out of the first round, like I'd almost rather them – get a lottery pick I hate to say that I hate to be that guy because I'm not trying to say like oh we should lose on purpose but like if it, there was an opportunity for us to like make the play-in game and then unfortunately get beat like I don't think it'd be the worst case scenario just because I feel like we got to get talent and he, he you said it last week you know you're cheap and uh what was the other oh, thing yeah. you said cheap and what uh, cheap and competitive yeah cheap and competitive so I was like yeah. hey you know like it is what it is. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. That's like the last scenario that's going to happen. I'm, I'm actually feeling much better about this Pacers team than I was probably two weeks ago, just because of everything I've been seeing at training camp and, and seeing the guys so much more enthusiastic about playing. Like, everybody always gets excited about the beginning of the year, but this feels like a totally different type of excitement, Flashy. Exactly. You know, I finished up my uh, Christmas wish list for the Pacers and kind of transitioning over to training camp when you're talking about that the the word of training camp feels like energy they're saying there's a lot of energy there they're saying Nate Bjorkman brings a lot of energy that there it's kind of been different this year and and I love it they're talking about music blaring open competition for playing time like I love the chant the WWE championship belt that they're rewarding you know it just feels like that brings out the best in everybody that little incentive right there. I mean, these guys, they have everything that money can buy, but something like that is, is what brings out the true competitor in them. And I love seeing something like that. Bjorken said that that's something he's been doing for years, brought it over to the Pacers, a little thing like that. I think it goes a long way to keeping everybody on their toes. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And it looks like today, via Scott Agnes, the Pacers are working on their offense, and Oladipo is excited about that as well. Uh, let me pull that tweet up real quick. Wherever, Okay, it just disappeared on me. Of course it did. Um, but anyway, it was basically just saying there's a lot of different things they're doing, and that's, that's good. He said the Pacers have spent the majority of camp on defense, but today they installed offensive packages. There's a lot of options offensively, a lot of different reads, a lot of counters. That's what Oladipo said, and Oladipo hasn't played in back-to-back since his tendon injury, so they're still not sure how they're going to do that. Um, they, if you know, because there's, uh, I think there's eight scheduled in the first half of the season, so they still haven't uh, decided if he's going to play in back-to-backs, according to Scott Agnes's report from three hours ago. But yeah, I mean, that is exciting though, just to see the offense hopefully going to be improved, defense is going to be prioritized like I love that championship belt that's been being passed around I don't know if we talked about that but I mean Edmund Sumner with that smile on his face like Mm -hmm. man that guy looks so happy and then McConnell won it the next time they had a competition for it so it's like yeah I love it it, man I think Bjorkren is just just I mean he's I think he said did he say disruptive and fun is that what he said yep yep exactly (laughs) I mean hey what else could you ask for if you're a player I mean (laughs) <laughs> sounds awesome it really does I, I i love what they're doing over there the buzz out of there i mean first first you're starting to think like oh man they're almost it sounds like the patients were too excited and too happy where it makes you think like how miserable were these practices last year i mean you know at times i know name mcmillan kind of seemed like a stone wall and everything and we're hearing the, the opposite yep we're hearing the exact opposite this year and i, I think that it's just very exciting. And mm-hmm. when we talked about, you know, before how they focused a lot on defense, did that kind of surprise you? Because it, feel, it felt like the Pacers, you kind of expected maybe something a little bit different, maybe like a big time offensive oriented practices, but it really feels like the heavy majority has been on defense before today. Is that were you a little bit with preseason coming up and kind of a short, you know, uh, turnaround or are you just like, Hey, just, Trust in Bjorkren. Uh, I, I think defense wins championships. I it mean, does. Offense is great, but if your defense can't stop anybody, it's not going to be any good. And unfortunately, defense has been a staple of the Indiana Pacers, but we've got a brand new coaching staff in here. We've got a brand new defense. So, yes, they are still some of those great principles that Coach Dan Burke, Coach Nate McMillan, Coach Vogel, they've you know in, in, instilled in these players and in this organization. But I think Bjorkren, you know, same thing with his offense. His defense is going to be more modernized. Talked about the, the box and one against the Warriors two years ago in the NBA Finals with Toronto. Playing zone, different matchups, you know, playing with different guys, trying to figure out what area of defense they need to improve on. I think that that is great that they're focusing on that because this defense, if it's going to be disruptive, could lead to offense. Mm-hmm. Offense is easy for most of these guys. No offense. They get out there. When you're okay, just let me just put it to you this way. If you're a basketball player and you're going to put shots up in the gym throughout the summer and work out, you ain't working on defense. It's hard to work out on defense when you're doing solo workouts. You're working out on ways to get better offensively, whether that's, you know, taking threes off the dribble or trying to get in there with contact and having someone hit you at the pad or just whatever, you know, different things like that. Trying to get, you know, ready defensively one on one is a bigger challenge. So I think that getting that defense instilled, letting them know what style, what kind of disruptive defense they want to play. That's, that's the first thing you got to do. The offense will come with that. And I think, you know, the Pacers have hung their hat on defense. I don't expect this franchise to just all of a sudden 
put away the defensive numbers and just become an offensive juggernaut. That's not who they are. They are a defensive-minded team, and they're going to win a lot of games because of that. They are, and one thing that I love is they're talking about switching everything. I love it. I mean, at times we've wondered at times when are they going to switch. Pacers weren't doing it enough in the past. I, I really love that, that being that active on defense. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it's, it's going to go a long way. And, look, we, we, I feel like all Pacer fans have it in their mind. I'm guilty of it. Maybe it's just me. That we're going to take a step back defensively and a step forward offensively. And maybe that's not the case. Maybe it's not. But I don't know. It feels like you need to get with the times and become a better offensive team in what is now and a purely what it feels like a purely offensive game. But we talked about defense does win championships. Look, the Lakers, yes, they had LeBron James and Anthony Davis, but they're also a very good defensive unit. And you still need to be a good defensive team if you're going to win in the end. You might win a couple. You're always going to be able to do from time to time what the Rockets did, put up a lot of threes. But how many times have we seen a series come down where that doesn't work? Yeah, you missed 27 threes in a long series because your legs are tired. Exactly. So, (laughs) you know, that's going to happen from time to time. So I I love that, you know, in what's expected to be – Taking a big step forward offensively, the Pacers are spending quite a lot of team, a lot, quite a lot of time on the defensive side of things. No, they are. It's good. It's it's good for them to get better on both ends of the floor and get more modern. So that's all I have to say. I mean, we haven't seen anything yet, so I guess it's all just like speculation of what you're going to anticipate seeing. But I don't know. I mean, we got ourselves a scrimmage game or scrimmage game preseason game. Excuse me. Still got my mind on the bubble and been playing them scrimmage games, but. We got ourselves a preseason game against Cleveland on Saturday. Foch, I mean, <laughs> I'm just excited to see what these guys look like. And I just – I really hope that NBA and the protocol, everybody is safe and healthy because I, I do worry about some of the stuff that's happened. A lot of people have tested positive already. So hopefully, you know, these guys, if they do get it, they recover, they're healthy, and they don't have to worry about getting it again anytime soon. But, you know, if they haven't, I really just hope these guys stay healthy and that they can at least, you know – figure out a way to try their best to abide by the guidelines the NBA has set in place and wait till that vaccine comes out. Because once the vaccine comes out, I feel like things will be a little bit easier to go about, you know, with things, but until that vaccine's out, you just got to do the proper protocols like we all have been doing and and just be safe. That's all you can really do. I mean, without a bubble, it's, it's going to be tough. I mean, it's going to be more reliant on the players to really be smart about all this. What, Kind of worries me a lot is Christmas time. That's when everybody's getting together with family. They, they, I mean, that could that's right when the NBA is essentially starting. Mm-hmm. So we're going to learn pretty quickly if if things are going to go south. And with only seventy two games compared to eighty two, I mean, if a player ends up you know catching COVID and missing you know what could be you know at least five games, you know maybe more than that. I mean, figure about two weeks. It, it could be pretty detrimental to a team. It, it really could. Oh, yeah. I mean, I agree. And it just depends on, like, somebody gets it and they played against the Pacers. How does that affect the Pacers? They have to go in quarantine if they, you know, how many days have to go in quarantine after they, you know, played in a game that somebody got it? How does that affect the rotations? Like, what do you do? Like, what if a whole team has to shut down? Like, you know, we saw it happen in baseball. I don't think you can do double headers in the, uh, in the NBA and play half games. It's going to have to be you know, rescheduled, lots of back-to-backs, which is going to cause a lot of rest. And they already said they're going to find teams for not playing 
and resting their guys on national televised games, which thankfully the Pacers only have two, so I don't have to worry about that. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, but it's still one of those things where I'm just like, there's a lot of things that could happen, but I'm not going to be negative because NBA is back and I'm, I'm just excited for it. And hopefully, and, and Lord willing, we can just stay safe. Sure. Anyway, Fudge, make sure your wife gets you that new Jermaine O'Neal shirt that was on PacersStore.com. Uh, Ooh, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to check that out. I might I might have missed that one. Yeah, they they brought back the pinstripe Jermaine jersey on sale in the team store because of the that. new jersey, and they have a T-shirt as well. So, thought you might want to check that out. Uh, everybody else, you know, go over to Pacers.com and get some new merch. If you like those pinstripe jerseys, buy you one. They look pretty nice. Christmas around the corner. It's always good to buy yourself something just just because. Hey, with the holidays coming up, that it is. Buy your loved ones one. I mean, at the end of the day, who doesn't love Jermaine O'Neal? I mean, come on. That man gave us his all, his best years for crying out. I'm still not over it, all right? So, at the end of the day, you know, you can't go wrong with a gift like that. But uh, on a happier note, I know we talked about a lot of COVID and everything as we wrap this show up. Uh, Jeremy Lamb, sounds like his rehab is going very well. Um, you know, he's been able to clear to play one-on-one. It looks like he's going to be, you know, able to get like a full practice in sometime in around December, targeting around a mid-January uh, return. And I, Alex, I know he's uh, he's doing something that you've talked about doing. I know you said you love you some candy. Well, Jeremy Lamb has said that he's officially cut candy out of his life. Um, so he's just trying to do whatever he can to do weightlifting, hydrating, anything he can to eat healthier, the, the little stuff that you can control when you are hurt. Uh, it's with, with COVID going on right there. It really allowed Jeremy Lamb to not miss this full season. The fact that he's going to be only missing maybe a couple of weeks, a month, it's pretty mind blowing, isn't it? It is mind blowing. And I'm glad that he'll be back and maybe to be able to salvage some of the season we thought that he might be lost in. So, um, but I got to say is, Hey, if he's got that bag of Starburst that he had in the locker room, and he doesn't finish them off. I can give him my address. He can easily <laughs> ship those to me. I got a nice little glass dish. I can put them out in the living room. Hey, no need to throw it out when it could go to someone else. So I definitely <laughs> uh, hear you on that. And hey, the fact that we have actual Pacer basketball this weekend, I'm very excited for that. So everybody, you know, we got a lot to be happy for, a lot to be thankful for. And uh, I'm excited to see these boys take the court in Cleveland against the Cavaliers. Absolutely, Fauci. Make sure you guys give us a nice rating and review. Subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at um, Setting the Pace 3. I'm at Alex Golden BA. Fauci's at underscore FACCI. And Fauci, leave them with that fa- that finishing statement that you always leave our wonderful Pacer fans with. At the end of the day, I got three words for you. Let's, Let's go, go Pacers.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.